Hey, Ethan, how are you doing at home today? Hey, John, not too bad, actually. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm adapting to this whole work from home thing uh, until this whole COVID-19 phase passes, hopefully very soon. For those of you watching, we're, uh, we're missing the office, but we're working from home as a result of the uh, COVID-19 crisis. Hope everyone is safe, by the way. Um, yeah. So, you know, our, uh, our company, Guru Solutions, asked everyone to be safe and work from home until uh, we can get back to normal. And uh, it was quite easy for us to do because uh, we were already set up to work from home. Um, quite a few people from our company work from home a few days a week already. So making yeah. the switch to making it permanent was fairly simple for us. But as we're seeing by, from the high volume of uh, requests for information that we're getting, a lot of companies are, are struggling to uh, you know, process, streamline the process to send their uh, employees at home. And therefore, you know, this episode is themed around working from home. And what we're basically going to be talking about today are, you know, some of the tools and the organizational infrastructure you can build to have those remote capabilities. And who better to talk about that than uh, Martin McNichol? Uh, he's the founder and CEO of Guru Solutions, as some of you know, is our sponsor, largest uh, Oracle NetSuite and Boomi solutions provider in North America. Uh, in 2015, uh, Martin actually wrote a book titled Scale Up Your Business with Cloud Technology. It was a practical guide to building what he calls a future-proof enterprise. And I think that's becoming more and more relevant today as a lot of companies are trying to do exactly that, disaster-proof their business. Uh, so I think there's going to be a lot of value in today's episode for, uh, for a lot of you working at companies, whether you know, uh, you're temporarily laid off until you can adjust your operations or you're just starting to work from home for the first time and you're looking for you know, some best practices, uh, some tools that you can implement in your company to better overcome it and adapt to this because we don't know how long it's going to last. Uh, so yeah, I look, forward to, um, I look forward to bringing you guys that great value today. And we'll have Malting on very soon. Yeah, I think Martin will be great uh, given his experience of streamlining the work from home process from years ago. And uh, we'll also talk about company culture and how that impacts people. So stay tuned. Welcome to Guru's Cloud Connect, your one-stop tech talk where we discover the best business tools with the experts behind them. Filmed on set in a live setting with our gurus in Montreal. Guru Solutions is North America's largest Oracle NetSuite ERP services provider. Visit their website at gurusolutions.com with your hosts, Ethan Bozoglu and John Serino. Hey, Martin, thanks for joining the show. Uh, you know, I've been uh, looking for an excuse to have you on for a while. So, Martin is the president of Guru Solutions, our biggest sponsor. Hi, John. Hey. Martin, as uh, a leader and someone who's been responsible for a large group of people, how have you been uh, managing? How, how are things? It's, it's, been, it's been interesting. Um, and, you know, one of the things that, that we've done at Gurus for a long time is that we've had remote workers and we had people from that, that live in different states and different cities. And uh, I never appreciated how hard it is to work from home until you have to do it for now it's been two weeks that we've been working from home. It's hard. It's difficult. It is, yeah. Uh, the beautiful thing is that we have the technology and it wasn't hard for us to uh, start working from home. But for those who don't know, uh, gurus do work from home a few days a week as, as part of our company policy and uh, work-life balance. So we were set up and, and it was kind of easy for us to make that switch. But it's not so easy for a lot of companies, right? I mean, not everyone is ready. And now there's this thing happening where a lot of 
a lot of the majority of businesses that are in different industries that you know never really took that step are now being forced to really really quickly so it's definitely uh, a quick transition period where it's adapt or die and it can it can definitely be rough to to make that fast transition what do you think Malte are some best practices that these businesses yeah. are learning right now so for some of those businesses it's very difficult there's no way that you can run a plant remotely um, so for them even if they have the tools and and you know cloud tools you need to operate you know an aluminum plant or a smelter uh, or a um, you need to build a car or an airplane, it's difficult to do this remotely. Now for us who are in the IT or other service businesses, um, it's been easier to move into that mode uh, for most of us. Um, still a lot of companies, Aiden, to, enter, to answer your question, are running antiquated systems or systems that require to be at the office. And with the lockdown, it's getting harder and harder for those companies to continue to use their those on-premise system, they have to jump to a different paradigm. They have to go to a type of technology that allows them to run their operations afar from a physical location. And that's difficult for these companies to move to that step. They have to take a leap and go, I'm going to get rid of those antiquated uh, infrastructure and move to the next level. And when I mean that, I really mean public or private cloud, because some of those companies, mm -hmm. they say, all right, I want people to work from home. I'm just going to set up a VPN or, you know, a Citrix environment where I'm going to um, just work remotely. And these companies are suffering today because the infrastructure to run a virtual private network is suffering. I mean, they're under heavy load. They're not used to have all those employees um, going through the same tunnel because that's what a virtual private network is or a VPN is that you just basically log into an application that funnels your traffic on the internet to your office where this is where you can access your applications. But you need to put this in place for it to work. Without that, you're really not, you're not safe, right, Martin? Without a good VPN, you're, I mean, you are in danger of not being able to use your application. Uh, my wife works for an insurance company, as an example, and uh, there was some internet issues and she couldn't log into the VPN. She could be on public cloud applications like I was working. We're on a Google environment, so we're single sign-on with Google but for all our applications. And just because of that, we just plug into the internet and it works. And for her, she had specific issues with the VPN and the network configuration here uh, you know, at our cottage where we're working during the crisis. And that can be problematic where when you're using public cloud, like we do, we're talking about public cloud here, we're talking about Google, uh, we're talking about NetSuite, uh, we use uh, Slack, we're right now recording this video on Zoom. Uh, all those tools were not brought in in emergency. We've been using yeah. those tools for multiple years. They're tested, they're proven, we know how to use them. This is not very different now on where we were, uh, how we were working in the past. To future-proof your business, you really need to use tools that are accessible for everybody. And there's a lot of vendors out there that make a point to provide that level of technology for companies to run remotely. Uh, let's face it, I think you just said it best. Uh, the cloud technology is really what enables that today. And in fact, if you think about the fact that you know, we're all kind of quickly migrating to working from home as a result of the COVID-19. If this had happened 10, 
or 15 years ago, it would have a much larger impact on the economy. What we see is that some customers that we would have thought that they would have been affected or not, and vice versa. We had companies that we never thought that this crisis would affect them, and it is affecting them. And it's not always for the same reasons. For example, we have some B2C customers uh, that close their stores, but they're ramping up their online uh, activities, and they are requesting a lot of help from, uh, from us uh, to and other consultants to ramp up their cloud and their digitalization uh, projects. And they really want to go digital faster and using this, this, this time to fast track as stakeholders are now available, as the stores are closed, to make sure that everything is in order so when the situation comes back, they can uh, you know, go in overdrive. As some other customers, they just went into complete lockdown mode and they said, all right, we want to save cash. We're closing our stores, we're closing our online stores, even their warehouses, and waiting for this to pass, which is interesting. And some of them, we, we would not have guessed that they would have shut down operations, even with a um, cloud operations. What would you say are some of the industries that are best overcoming this right now? Like we're seeing really big changes, for example, even restaurant businesses, right? A lot of dine-in restaurants are now adapting to, hey, there's Uber Eats, there's Just Eats. We didn't do delivery before, but now we're going to upscale our operations. We're going to start doing delivery. How do, we get, how do we get meals that we would usually bring people in to serve them to yeah. be deliverables that we can send to their homes so that we can keep our employees employed? And, you know, it's interesting that some of those companies, Aiton, are doing this today. And they say, oh, all of a sudden, I need to be on Uber Eats. Um, however, I have an interesting story where uh, it's been a couple of years where we order for Christmas time or before the, um, the holidays, we order at this sugar shack. So that's the thing in Canada. And if you're in Northeast United States and you've got these sugar shacks, so they make, you know, all these big turkey and all those different uh, typical meals that you get during the holiday time. And what this sugar shack did is they had this huge kitchen to serve 500 people at a time in the spring. So what they decided to do is to open the kitchen in the fall and basically deliver all those traditional meals to people that wanted them for the holiday time. And they would open their kitchen basically four months extra per year to deliver to those customers. So these companies went online. They decided to have this ordering system and open their kitchen in a time where they shouldn't be open. It doesn't have to be a crisis to think about a different business model. But now these businesses, they say, oh, I got to go online. I got to go digital. Um, I think the interesting lesson in what's happening today is that will those companies, either it's B2B or B2C, that have been affected and have seen the effect on their businesses, move to the digital world or change the business model to be future-proof. On that topic, actually, uh, in 2015, um, you know, as some of our viewers might know, uh, you wrote a book and part of the title was future-proofing your business. And one of the things that you spoke about in your book was um, preparing for the unforeseeable and really um, putting your process together in a way that can survive the unforeseeable. And, you know, what ties into that is something like business continuity planning, which is becoming a very, very popular term very quickly in these past two months. How do you think business continuity planning is going to impact the future of businesses once, you know, the virus passes? Do you think working remotely is the future? I think working remotely or a mix or be ready to do this is going to be super important. And for some businesses, it might not be 
um, working remotely as we think about working remotely, which is for us, um, you know, just picking up a, a laptop. Um, I have a friend here that uh, runs a business that they do um, woodworking and metalworking. And what they've done is that most of their employees live in the suburb and they have a garage. So what they did when it shut down is that these technicians, they were actually able to take their equipment at the plant and bring it in their garage and they're producing in the garage. So it's, you just have to think about those things. How is this movable? Can I take my equipment and bring it home? What is work from home? And um, how can I be, how can I future-proof the business? That's for the equipment. Now for your processes and for the, the rest of the business, how do you set up your accounting processes? Now, um, for people that are in finance that are listening to this webinar, one of the questions that is on you know, everybody's mind is that how will I get paid as a business? And uh, some of our customers still pay by check. So now we're asking the question, um, you know, how will you pay us? Um, and if right. they used to pay us by check and say, can you do a CH? Can you do credit card? So even that process, we have to rethink it because where we can pay a lot of our vendors via ACH or, uh, or bank transfers, we still send checks to a lot of people. How can we transfer that money electronically? And that's what we are going to work on here at Gurus in terms of how do we take it to the next level? So I think it goes deeper than just the tools. But without the tools, I mean, forget it. If you don't have your accounting system accessible from anywhere or your operating system, let it be you know, professional services automation or budgeting or all the tools that you need to operate your business, um, access to the files, um, project plans, the tools that you configure, it's yeah. not going to work. I want to get into uh, some of the more extensive tools. Like uh, someone with your experience, can you talk to us a little bit about how Oracle and NetSuite enable working from home? NetSuite is just amazing as a one source of truth and having all your operations in one system. I can wake up in the morning, I look at my dashboard, I know what's going on, right? I know where that I can get all the information that I need to uh, run my business. Uh, I know what my bank account is. Uh, I know how many hours people worked uh, yesterday. I know what's happening in my business from all aspects, project management, um, because we're a service business, uh, etc. So having this information handy all the time for any manager is just amazing. And that's what NetSuite and other native cloud uh, or cloud native tools bring uh, to the table. And that's just you know, one example. If you're thinking about running multiple businesses, and we call this multi-subsidiary, this gives you this, this flexibility. Uh, some of our customers right now, they were, and they're just continuing this, this effort of uh, digitalization where they're running one business on NetSuite, and as they do acquisition, they start to bring on these other businesses onto NetSuite, and by doing so, they're making sure that they can grow and have visibility on all those operations without having to you know run those different disparate systems so centralizing all that information giving control to the subsidiaries while having headquarters updated real time without extra work is just um, a big advantage 
And I think, you know, related to what you're saying, the beauty of having all of these products integrated and, you know, I think we're living in, a, in an age of apps where everything has to be an app today, including including something like NetSuite or Slack or HubSpot. So the beauty of that is, is that whatever's happening, whether it's a pandemic or you're working from home or you're traveling, I can access all that information from my phone. I could probably spend an entire day at the office just on my phone and I'd still be able to achieve the same things that I'd be able to achieve in the office on my computer. And I think that's really interesting. And I see that as the future of, of most businesses, to be honest. We're talking about a lot about the tools, but collaboration in itself is not a tool. And organizations that are not used to collaborate or are not used to share, you know, as a basis, a system will not change that. So, at Gurus, we had this sharing collaboration culture since the inception of the company 15 years ago. And when people ask questions, and we encourage people to ask questions and share what they know, this is what makes all those tools really, really powerful. Because in an environment where people do not want to share, if the culture in the company is, I'm just watching my back and... Um, and it's a backstabbing organization in terms of, of culture, the tool will not change that. So it's important to look at the cultural aspect and companies will have to ask themselves, you know, hey, we've put Microsoft Teams and Slack and Zoom and WebEx and it didn't work. Well, why is it that it didn't work? In fact, uh, I think you nailed it, the change. So user adoption, you know, from what we know from large projects and large implementations, user adoption is usually one of the uh, largest challenges uh, and therefore change management is so important. I mean, I speak to uh, the guys on our project management team and our implementation teams, and they do a great job at walking, uh, um, you know, customers right through the whole implementation process. And completely honest about the pain points as well. So when we get here, you know, expect to hurt a little bit as a company. But uh, I think that our project managers also do a great job at uh, managing change management, handling it, and walking, and walking customers through it. And as a result, um, we see more and more success with the technology, with the use of the tools. You know, even just as a, as a leader of a company, what would you suggest as some tips and tricks for a company that's going for this transition? Uh, how do you ease that user adoption among your employees? How do you convince them that, hey, this is the right step, this going forward, uh, we need to take on these tools to become better as a team and to become more collaborative? For video conference, as an example, in these days where everybody's working from home, instead of using Slack as an example, I challenge myself and start a video call instead. Mm -hmm. And I do this, for example, with my finance team that used to be on the offices next to me, left and right. Now, where I used to go in and, and talk to them and have you know a, a feedback just by typing on Slack, you don't get that level of interaction. So use the video communication tools. Instead of just typing or chatting with someone, which is what I would do in the past, I would chat and I would say, hey, are you available? And then, yes, you're available. Then I would start a video call. I'll just look at Zoom and see if they're available and I'll just basically barge into their office. I'll check their calendar to see if they're free and not in the meeting, but I'll barge in. I'll say, how are you doing? And then look at the, you know, the, um, you know, the body language. How are they feeling? How are things going? And, and that way to keep that, that eye contact and that level of, of understanding of what's going on in their life. And, um, you know, you see a lot of, of things just by looking at where they're at uh, in their office. What's their setup? 
right? Are they happy where they're working? Are they like on a, you know, riggedy tables? And in these days, right, riggedy table with a bad chair, then we might want to help. Can we do something? Can we shift you a chair? Uh, can mm-hmm. we help your work environment in these uh, these difficult days to make sure that you're you're comfortable in your day to day life? So even people that used to work from home from the office, sorry, when they work from home, you have to care about them and just make sure you keep the communication channel open. And it's important to have that kind of transparency from what you're saying and have that kind of, hey, yeah. let me reach out to people that I talk to every day and see how they're doing, how they're coping. And then I think once you get into, um, once you get into those basics, which is, okay, we can see each other, we can hear each other, we can write to each other and we can work from the same documents and we have the storage. Now we're talking the next level, right? Now we're getting into ERP, connecting our inventory with our finances and and, uh, and our operations and the different aspects of our company. So you got to have a great high-speed internet uh, connection. If you don't have that, forget about video conferencing. And the other one is the browser, right? So having a browser, a unified graphical user interface that allows you to log into all those applications and render that content in a very rich environment, that's key for everything that we're using today. So these are the two main components. So Everything that we've mentioned, some of them have some, you know, some tools that we need to download on the laptop or on the desktop, but these two components are crucial to make everything happen. And that's something we take for granted as a tech company. But you know, I Definitely. think a lot of businesses, that's the first step in their transition. It's starting to build infrastructure so they can lay on all those systems and all those apps. So imagine if you're running a VPN into your server in your home data center or in your office and something breaks, and you need to fix it. Imagine if you lose all connectivity. You, as a company, have to take all those expenses and all those, this energy and resources, move them to be able to react to the crisis and fix it to get your business back on track and continue. And a lot of those companies are not technology companies. They're distributors. They're service companies. They do other things. They're law firms. Now having to redirect all those resources to fix their hardware takes away from all their efficiency. So I understand that it can be frustrating to have some of those public cloud companies having an outing. However, we didn't have to focus on it. All we had to do is check you know, the status online and say it's going to be back in an hour. All right, let's wait. Let's do something else. But knowing that these organizations will be able to fix it and they will be able to adapt to you know, the ramp up of... Um, volume or other elements that are affecting their their environment but they the vendor are responsible for it so that's why trusting an oracle uh or a microsoft or a google in these days is crucial because they are the people that are equipped to respond to the spike in uh, in demand and the strain on the whole infrastructure martin would you say you know that we need to start talking at maybe uh start looking at hybrid infrastructures? I'll talk about uh, hybrid infrastructure, but I would think in terms of hybrid operating model, meaning that Mm. you can work from your office, you can work from home. And I would say that that's the model that Guru took from, uh, you know, um, years ago where you can work from home and work from the office and that model really allows you really allows you to, to do both to say we can be in the office and benefit from all the, good stuff we have in the office, the foosball table, the, the coffee machine, the nice working environment, the colleagues, the, the conversations, the, you know, water cooler conversations. Human and element, right? The culture. 
yeah. whole culture and human elements that is difficult or harder to maintain in a remote environment. Um, so you can have that and have those, those meet up and have all those people gather and, and work in this, uh, this environment and have the flexibility to go in a remote mode where you say, let's take some extraordinary measures and let's move everybody working from home, still using the technology and leveraging the, uh, the infrastructure that you still have. Yeah. I think it's important if, you know, if this uh, COVID crisis has, has taught me anything, it's, it's to appreciate my time at the office a lot more. A lot of companies, I think, will rethink their business model or think of ways to make sure that they can optimize their operations and using technology to, in, in an efficient way to help them uh, to do this. Yeah. And, you know, just speculating a little bit, what do you think, uh, you know, if you can name two or three, the biggest changes that are going to come out of this whole COVID crisis once it's over? Like, what are businesses really learning and deciding to change about themselves? If you think about a business putting in place and testing a disaster recovery plan is very expensive. Not all companies can do this. This is what happened for the last couple of weeks. Everybody went into disaster recovery plan mode. Everybody had to execute their plan or just go with the flow and make one up, but they had to do it. So I think now what's going to happen is people are going to think about it a lot more to say, okay, what if this happens again? What do I do? And I think this is where uh, we're going to be able to help a lot of businesses to say, all right, this happened. Now you had to send everybody home for two months or a month. What do you do next time when this happens? People will have to listen now and say, all right, I think I need this. I think I need that. I need, I think I need to move my accounting system to something scalable. I need to move my uh, professional service automation tool. I need to give people access to collaboration tools. Um, you know, you can't host your email in the 21st century. I'm sorry right. for our listener here who still hosts their email system. You have to move to something else and give that to professionals. You know, if I could speculate, what this is teaching us is that we do need to be prepared for those circumstances. You know, it, it can happen. Disasters do happen and disasters happen globally. This is just a huge example, but even uh, in your time, um, working with companies and bringing them to, into the cloud. Uh, you know, you've been in that industry for, for decades now and, you know, you've run Gurus for 15 years. I'm sure you've seen countless examples of business leaders come to this realization that, oh, wow, maybe my operations, I was so confident about the, the physicality of my company that nothing could ever happen, but it did. And I think what's going to happen now more than ever is that, you know, that, and that's one of the reason I wrote the book, um, Scale Up Your Business with Cloud Technology, is to basically teach people and just bring this reality into scope to say, if you want your business to scale, you just can't run it the way you're doing it now. I think now we have a, a great example of what not to do. And I think we'll spend a lot less time explaining to companies why digitalization of their operation is important. All right. So, you know, I, I think this has been a really positive conversation and I hope for our listeners that um, for those who are at the beginning of your research and those who are advanced, I hope that we've uh, brought to light some really positive uh, information for you. Um, and if you have any questions, do feel free to uh, reach out to us, info at gurusolutions.com. We'll put yeah. some uh, more links that are relevant to the conversation and we'll uh, at the bottom of this video in the description of the video and we'll also include links to some of the tools we spoke about, Slack, Zoom and, uh, you know, 
all of the uh, NetSuite products, of course. Um, do feel free to reach out. And Martin, I want to say thank you very much. My pleasure. Um, this is uh, this has been great. We've been looking for an excuse to have you on for a while, and I, I couldn't think of anyone better than you with your experience to have this conversation with. Yeah. John and Nathan, thank you very much. Thank you, Malte, for joining us today. And I just want to say uh, to all of our viewers, very importantly, I hope you're all healthy and safe, and remember to stay at home. Yeah, absolutely.